Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, guys, on Twitter at MammyMarlins underscore UK. And of course, guys, don't forget there'll be those 60-second rundowns coming at you like Cleopatra. They are, well, there's been a lot of buzz on that one recently. The Diamondback series, boy, oh boy, swept at home against these Diamondbacks. And I needed a UK perspective. I needed Sean in the house to help me debrief on this one. Sean has watched every pitch through this series, and they have been late games other than one UK game, of course. But Sean Barrett is in the house again. Sean, how are we doing? I'm, uh, I normally say I'm good, Pete, but I am far from good right now. That was absolutely painful. Pain. As you said, that is the first series I've watched every pitch live. And boy, what a, what a series to choose. Oh boy, the Sean Barrett curse is real. This is what I've realised. He was cussing out, saying, Brian Anderson, he's terrible. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, overrated. Jesus Azado can't throw strikes. I mean, the curse is real, brother, but... This series, how would you summarise this uh, Diamondback series? You've seen it all. I've seen most of it live, actually, too. But how would you summarise this one? Basically, three carbon copy games. I mean, it was just like, you know, they would jump out to a lead, the Marlins would try and come back, and then it would kind of eventually end in a Diamondbacks win. But overall thoughts? I mean, it's it's a bit of an odd series, really. If you look back at it and you say, right, the Marlins averaged five runs per game. Mm. Normally, you'd take that. You know, with the starting pitching that the, the Marlins have, you know that would be that would be an ideal circumstance. As it is, none of the starting pitchers went to five innings, all knocked out after four or and four and a bit in in certain times. It was it was a rough series. It was one of those series where the games were always tight, but you never felt truly in it. No. You know, the seventh inning in the first two games, you know, they got back in it. They got back a run away, but. Once they got to one run away, that was it. That even with men on base, the, there was never that that final knock to take the lead. That the Marlins just couldn't take the lead, and as they did today, they finally took the lead. They got off to a really good start. Madison Bumgarner blew up after the first inning. Some this, this uh, disagreement with the uh, umpire got thrown after the first inning. You're thinking, right, we're well on to it. Bertie hits a home run. We're scoring even more runs now. You're feeling really good. And then just the wheels all fall off, and uh, yeah, three one-run losses. That's just not how you want to watch baseball. For sure, one-run games always hurt. Blown saves always sting. It just is what it is. I think one of the most concerning things that you've said there, though, or my interpretation of it, is the fact that when the games are on the line and we have runners in scoring position, bases juiced, you name it. Your feeling, your sense is that the Marlins aren't going to get that big knock. That's the kind of sense I'm reading from you. That's a big problem for the fish. Like, if we... And this is the funny thing. This team is so different to last year's in terms of the hitting side. We Last year, it was just K after K after K with the odd bomb here and there. This year, the on-base skills have been there, no doubt. Like, it's definitely a different type of mentality or approach, for sure. But, like you said, it's coming down to the kind of teeth of the lineup. And they just can't get the runners over. They just can't get the big knocks in big spots. And for me, that's a big concern. What about you? Yeah, it is. I mean, we keep. I mean, every time after a game, I'll look at the stats. Because when you're watching the game, you're not really taking it all in. You're just reacting sort of at-back to at-back. But, yeah, you often see in two for eight, 
runners sitting in scoring positions, one for seven, one for yeah. nine. You know, they just there was never. I think there's been one game where they were five for ten, and that was a game that was in hand all all, all the way through. Mm-hmm. And it is that case of yeah, they just when the runners are in scoring position, and specific, specifically bases juiced, they're just not coming through with those timely knocks. The strikeouts are still there though, Pete. The on base is great. You know, the guys are getting on base, but they are still in the top sort of three, four, five as far as teams for Ks. They are still striking out, at least as a team, a third of the time, which just isn't sustainable. Isn't. I mean, and that's that's why when you get guys on base, you're not scoring them. Because every time a guy gets on base, you know you're guaranteed a couple of strikeouts here and there. You know, it is a case of they're just not a complete offensive unit right now. No, it's true. Listen, when we strip it away, you've got two guys that were the main free agent additions uh, from the offensive side. Neither of them are hitting right now. Just how much of a concern is this for these guys? They're just not... It, they aren't producing. Soler has hit... He's at the odd flashpoint with a couple of, you know, stand-on-like bombs. But it's really painful that... Particularly Avi Garcia, and I've said it pretty much since Game 2, that it's just... He's looked not right. He, something's looked wrong with Avi all the way since Rodon made him look silly. And I'm struggling to put my finger on it. I don't know what the... The antidote is, the reality is the Marlins are fully committed to Avi Garcia. They're kind of fully committed to Soler too. If this blows up in the Marlins' faces, this will be not good for the fish. So, I don't know. I mean, they don't really have any ways out of this. They've just got to ride it out, right? Well, they are. I mean, you say they're committed to them. I don't. I wouldn't use that word. I'd say they were handcuffed to them. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a better word. They're guaranteed to, you know, they're signed to guaranteed contracts. I mean, Soler's is only, he's got those opt-outs, but realistically, if he opts in and the way he's playing, why on earth wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. He's averaging, you know, 12 million over the next three years. It's as with the same with Garcia. They are literally, you know, they are anchors to the team right now. And, and if they weren't signed to those deals, if they were, you know, guys on league minimum would they still well they certainly won't be getting as much playing time as they've got but then, and the question would be why are they at major league level and at the moment the only reason they are at the major league level is because of the contracts that they are tied to that's so painful though when it's shown the fact that we're in this spot where there's there's dudes that are getting playing time and then they're barely sitting i know avi sat today but pretty much these dudes are they're in there every day whereas other guys, i.e. Jazz Chisholm, platooned, um, you know, against these lefties, etc. But these guys are in there because they're being paid to be in there to be hitters. They're not hitting. That leaves you in a real tough spot for sure. But, you know, listen, the Marlins offense, like you said, you know, averaging five, six runs a game in this series, the offense hasn't been the problem in general. Um, you know, the games have been interesting, but it's been the pitching. I mean, those first couple of games... Um, you know, the, the pitching got lit up. Trevor Rogers. What's happening with Trevor Rogers? It looks, for me, bang average. I'm watching Trevor. The changeup looks like a meatball every time it goes down. Like, it's just nothing there. It's There's no depth to it. It just sits there. It's, it looks like a split, a splitty, actually. Like, it just kind of floats. And you're like, okay. It's just sitting there to be here. I don't know what's going on with Trevor. Um, but I'm really, I'm deeply concerned actually about Trevor Rogers. What about you? I mean, it, you are right. I mean, he's not missing bats. I mean, you know, his stuff is at the moment is pretty hittable. 
I mean, there was there were some concerns. I think in the early innings, um, people were sort of talking about concerns with the velocity. It was sort of hit sitting 94, 95 rather than 97, mm. um, which which obviously is, is a big, you know, a big difference. I think you could worry that is he healthy? You know, a, a loss of velocity sometimes does sort of pretend an injury down the line. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's just, you know, you know, you've got you've got to be physically at your peak to to throw at your maximum. Um, so I think that's that's the key thing in this next start. I think the velocity will be the one thing that I'm looking at and saying, you know, is he back to where we need him to be? Because that couple of miles an hour for him could be could be a huge difference. Yeah, it could. I'm, I'm with you. I did see that on Twitter where you know people were talking about the velocity is way down and and whatever. So I don't know. There's something. There's something bubbling around with Trevor. I'm not. It's hard to put my finger on it, and this is where I miss the Marlin Zoom room, where you're in there and you're hearing the conversations, and you're able to ask Trevor directly, and people are, and we're kind of missing that this year. So I, I, I'm struggling to put my finger on it. I saw Craig Mish talking about it yesterday as well, about how he's concerned. You know, it's just not been a good start to the year for Trevor. It just hasn't, and it wasn't great after he came back after his father passed and all the kind of family issues etc so you know we hope that he can have a big bounce back i'm confident he will but something isn't quite right with him right now we'll wait and see but there's another guy we really need to get into in this rotation and we'll do that very shortly before we do that reminder this episode is brought to you by bluenile.com and BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So, whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. If you're looking for fine jewellery but having tr- trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewellery experts on hand 24-7. Available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants and so much more on BlueNile.com. Sean, we have to talk about this This. This situation has been bubbling for a while. Max Meyer has been sensational. Keith Law, I hope you're listening. I don't think you will be, but if you are, hope you're doing well. Uh, unblock me and apologize. Anyway, um, Max Meyer has been sensational. Eliezer Hernandez has been vanilla, average, below average maybe in some people's eyes. The start today, it didn't go well. There was a cupcake game for the Marlins. They should have won the game. Bumgarner, as you said, out there after the first inning. The Marlins, it was there to take the game. It was. They were 3-0 up, cruising. All of a sudden, Eliezer gives up a five spot, and the game turns. Is it time? Is it time now to make a move on Eliezer and option him down to AAA and bring up Max, Eddie? I think those are the two main options. But for me, it's Max Meyer season. What about you? I I think I think you're right. I think it is a case of now is the time. I mean, Alessio has not been too bad. You know, the first three starts were, were, yeah, okay. They were league average, and that's what you want from your, your your fifth start or your fourth start or however you want to name them. But today was the perfect analogy of why you need to move on from guys like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, there was there was too many walks, too many home runs, and that's that's his problem. You know, he's you know his strikeout rate's nearly nine percent, the walk rate's down to two percent on the year, so it's not actually too bad. But this start was was what it looks like when he's not on it. You know, the walks too high, the home runs specifically are an issue for him. So he's when he's on, he's he's okay, and when he's not on, he's really bad. I mean that the home runs. I mean, if you if you walking guys and giving up home runs, that is a recipe for disaster. You're not going to have good days when that's the, the case, and that's what you've got to look at. I mean, he's never going to give you length. You know, no. The six innings he pitched to the game before was one of the first time in years. So you know he's only going to go once, twice through the lineup anyway. So would would he not be better as a long man in the bullpen? Today was a good example of why you need a long man in the bullpen. As soon as he was done after four and two thirds, you and you've already burnt through Poteet, who was a long man. You're looking at guys that normally are one inning guys and going, you're going to have to go longer. And they did okay. It wasn't too bad in the end. But, but yeah, sometimes you need that long man. And I think that's a perfect spot for him. Uh, bring up Meyer, who, as you said, has been absolutely red hot in the in the minors. He is he is ready. There was nothing left for him to prove. Um, it's at, at this point now, keeping him down is purely a financial decision. So I'll be interested. So he's scheduled to pitch on Friday, I think, in the minors. If he doesn't pitch on Friday, if he gets scrubbed, we know what's going to happen. There's room on the 40 man. So uh, it's yeah, wait and see, I guess. It really is wait and see moment for the fish on this one. I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, they're going to be flying to San Diego, you know, straight after the game, I guess. And you know, we'll wait and see. You know what these, you know, you get the the paps around, you get the the, the pictures going around. All of a sudden, if Max is on the plane, then well, we're going to know uh, what's happening. For me, Eliezer just isn't. He isn't one of the best five starting pitchers that's healthy right now. He he just isn't. Max Meyer is better than him. And he should be pitching, Max should be pitching, Eliezer has options. Maybe you can find a way to get him into the pen, but the reality is Flora's about to come back too, so the pen's crowded. You know, the good thing is everyone's healthy. This is the thing, last year it was just pain because we had a three-man rotation and just bullpen games galore. Right now everyone's healthy, so the Marlins can make their own decisions. Eliezer right now, send him to AAA, we'll need him. We'll need him back up, we'll need Castano back up, we'll need... You know, all of the dudes back up, Braxton Garrett, everyone will have a little slice of the pie. But for me, right now, this game, it was painful to lose it. But in some ways, this type of loss may make the Marlins better this year. It may have accelerated the decision. Because all we've done is just kind of go, Max looks ready. Ah, but Eliezer's kind of doing okay. You know, he looks league average. The problem is for the Fish, we're building our pitching so get the best pitchers in the rotation. Give yourself a chance. And I, I, I'm absolutely pumped for Max Meyer. I truly am. I think it could be it could be stunning. I've said it before the year started. There's a pathway this year for Max Meyer to be the NL Rookie of the Year. There truly is. And I think right now, listen, it's only the 4th of May. Max is going to have a decent run at this to try and, you know, he could get over 100 innings if he you know st- sticks in this bullpen for, um, in the rotation for most of the year. So... Decisions to be made, gut feel though, Sean. Is the decision is the decision happening now? Is Max Meyer gonna be in the rotation for Eliezer's next spot or somewhere around that in your opinion? 
I think I think you have to in a cer- certain circumstance in the idea that every pitch that he pitches in the minors is a pitch he can't throw in the majors this year. He's going to have a limit. He's still a young guy. He's, he's not been fully stretched out into the like. He's not going to throw two hundred innings across both levels. No. So realistically, if you put him at a one forty sort of cap for the year, which is probably close to where it's going to end up being. How many of them? If he's kind of if he's coming up to the majors this year, and we all expect him to, I mean, there's it would be silly for him not to. Why not have him throw every pitch he can throw for the rest of the year at the major league level? Because he's not learning anything down in the in the minors anymore. I don't think I don't think he was to begin the season. To be honest, the idea that he's going to work on a changeup when he can strike guys out using the fastball slider is just silly. Bring him up, let him cook. And, uh, you know, it, it, after the series we've just had, I think we all need, as fans, a nice shot in the arm, and that would do the job. I'm absolutely with you. I'm totally with you on that, mate. A shot in the arm is required. Being swept at home against the Diamondbacks. Listen, talking about shot in the arm, it is time to remind you this episode is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens, baby. So, Athletic Greens, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Try and say that to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I need that one. And all of the things. (laughs) So, so much to get into there with Athletic Greens Get yourselves into them. Go and check them out. I've been sent a sample, would you believe? Athletic Greens. It is, oh boy, it is nice. Get yourself the 75 high-quality vitamins ASAP. And this episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. And it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Sean, let's wrap up, though. Let's wrap up with the bullpen again. The bloody, bloody bullpen. Anthony Bender, boy, oh boy, it has been—it's been up and down. It has been roller coaster emoji. There's no way to describe other way to describe it. There's been two blown saves, two L's, six actual saves. Oh, is there more? <laughs> he gets—he gets an L for today. He gets an L as well. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, and there's three L's, two blown saves, six actual saves, and a partridge in a pear tree. But. Floro is nearing return. Could this be the last opportunity for Bender in the near term, do you think, in the ninth? I think it's it's a good question. I mean, I don't think Floro gets the next save opportunity. I think someone else would. Um, the, question for, the question I've always had for Bender, and I'm, I've been pretty consistent with this, is he's still, <laughs> he's still only in his second major league le- a year. Yeah. Should he be saving games? Uh, it's... It's not just as simple as go out and throw your inning. You you know, if he performed like he performed today in the sixth or the seventh, and and even if that was still the reason why the Marlins lost, 
you know, there were other things going around at that time. As it is, he he is the exact reason why he, they lost. He will be going into the locker room going, I lost that game. I blew that save. And for a guy that's only just getting into the majors, it's a really tough thing to try and go through. I think Salsa should get the next opportunity. He's pitched well. He gave a couple of walks, but still it was a clean inning today. I think he is the more sensible option in the idea that he's he's got saves in previous years. He's more established as a major league pitcher. Bender, I still believe Bender to be the best reliever that the Marlins have as far as stuff, but just just not as a as a closer right now. I don't, I think it would be unwise to throw him out there again. I think he's had his opportunity. He needs to go down and, and pitch the seventh and pitch the eighth innings, get his head back in the game. And, you know, I think he can be an elite option there. But at the moment, him as a closer, that experiment for me is done. There you have it. Sean Barra is uh, closing the book on, on the experiment of Anthony Bender right now. And I think it's... We've all got eyeballs. We've all seen the games, even the saves. Because you can look at the saves, and the reality is the Marlins have played a lot of close games, and they've won a decent chunk of them. And Bender's been the guy. Mattingly has always got the guy. It's just his MO. And Bender's had the chances. But listen, you put the eyeballs on the games, and you see it. You don't see the, the actual stat line, the box score. Every one of them outings has been up and down. They have. There's been base runners. There's, they've needed double plays. It's needed everything. It's been... It was the biggest need for the fish going into the year. They didn't address it. They really didn't. And it's it's hurting. It's hurting us again like it did in 2021. Um, the general team, the roster in general, is better than 20... And, and as well, we have to call out, it's healthier than 21. In 21, the problem was everyone got hurt and, the, and you know, Bass was not good in the ninth. Neither really was Yimmy. No one was good. And that was the problem. And they never really recovered. This year, everyone is healthy. So they're competitive. They're winning games. They're in close games. They pitch well, apart from the Diamondback series. But I think it's pretty clear and obvious that Bender isn't quite ready for the ninth yet. And I think there's maybe another option or two. So wait and see on that one. It's going to be a tough ask. A four-game set in San Diego really is. Those boys are playing some good baseball. few guys are on fire. Um, one final one for you, Sean, before we get out of here. Is the platoon situation for Jazz Chisholm, is it RIP or not? I think it has to be. I mean, he got the knock against the lefty. Oh, she was supposed to go against Bumgarner, which would have been interesting, but yeah. he never got to face him. But they, they brought in a reliever later in the game and he got a single off the off the lefty. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the time he came around to score, but it might have it was. been. It was. Uh, yeah, so on the wild pitch. Um so I think, yeah, he needs to see more time against lefty. And if not for one reason, then he needs to be getting at bats over other people. So, you know, Miggy struggled a little bit. Wendell at the moment is a little banged up. Yeah. We didn't see him at all this series. So, you know, hopefully that's something that gets resolved quickly. I think it gets to a point now where if he's not back in the next couple of days, could we see an IL stint backdate it to when he first missed a game? Because, you know, if he's not going to be playing, there's no point taking up that roster spot. I think Jazz, Jazz should be playing every day. Jazz should be getting every bat he can get. And when you've got guys struggling across the lineup, they, they can't continue to justify throwing Avi and Soler out there every day. Mm. Obviously, Avi came in today, but struck out in his one 
plate appearance. So, you know, I think it is a case of, you know, it's time to let him play. And yes, he's not great against lefties, but he's better than some of the options that we've been throwing out there so far. Completely with you. The beautiful thing, this shouldn't go... This shouldn't be missed, in my opinion, anyway. The beautiful thing about the way they set the the, the lineup today was you have Jazz, Miggy, stacked. So what that means is when they made the move to bring the lefty in to try and neutralize Jazz, and then all of a sudden Jazz gets on base, all of a sudden, hey-ho, you've got Miggy rolling, who isn't a lefty specialist then. So next thing is, if Jazz can get on base against the lefty in whatever way, oppo knocko, whatever, I mean... He's getting on. Um, then all of a sudden, Miggy is the next dude in. So it's one of those kind of risk-reward things for today, the Diamondbacks. But, you know, the Padres coming forward. It's like, do you bring in the lefty dude to try and get Jazz? Knowing if you don't, but it doesn't matter. Even if you if you do get him out and there's you know, more than or less than two outs, you're going to face Miggy straight after two. So it's that kind of offsetting between the two. So if Jazz can get on against the lefty, Miggy then comes up. Miggy looked good. I mean, listen, Pavement Smith... Had a right grab out there today. Um, I thought Miggy was going to win the game there and then, actually, with that one. But nevertheless, I'm with you. Sean, I've been a big, um, a big advocate, I think, of just Jazz playing every day. Like, he's the best player. He's one of the best players in Major League Baseball right now. And when you're that type of player, you look around the league, they play every day. Like, they play every day. And I think Jazz should be. So I'm completely with you on that. It's going to be a tough series. I won't ask you for any predictions, but... The Marlins play well in San Diego, in my opinion. Brin Sanity was rife in San Diego last year. I truly hope that we have an Avi Garcia breakout, a Brin Sanity-type moment. Avi Garcia gets rolling. Soler, I don't know. We need one of those two guys to get rolling, I think. But it's going to be a tough, tough ask. Pitching needs to... Well, they need to pitch well. But I do think we see Max Meyer, and I think there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that game. No doubt about it. Right, that is us done. Me, myself, Peter Pratt, Sean Barrett. Thursday's episode of Locked on Marlins. We are out of here. We'll be back on Friday with the final episode of the week. Guest TBC. Until then, go fish.